Hello! Welcome to the podcast from ThatGuitarLover.com. My name's Ross. I'll be your host for these episodes. Enjoy! Hey neighbors, instead of an observation, rant, or recommendation this time, I thought I'd cover what's happened so far that's sort of new as we look into March 2022. A couple of weeks back, we saw the debut of the 2022 family of Electromatic Classics from Gretsch. The Electromatic family is a well-respected selection of guitars made overseas, but of very high build quality, great playability, and very pleasing tone. I've written already about the positive experience I had in owning the G5422 that I purchased last year. What has changed most in the current release is the implementation of a new trestle bracing design. Gretsch says that this construction change will increase sustain and provide more snap. Sustain I get. Snap I'm not so clear on. I can't say that my older G5422 suffers at all from a slow attack issue, as it's very clear. So, again, not so sure what snap means. The other change that you might actually hear is the set of newly designed Filtertron FT5E pickups. They're built to deliver more 50s-style tone with fuller-bodied bottom end. Again, my own experience is not that the older G5422 was sparse in the bottom end at all, but there you go. While I have some obvious difficulty determining if any of these changes actually make a difference, the electromatics are, in my opinion, probably the best-priced large-body semi-hollows in the marketplace. They sound like a Gretsch should, into a clean amplifier, but once you add effects and such, they're not just for rockabilly or old-style country. They're good for all music genres that involves a guitar. If you've never heard of Rebstar from Yamaha, you can be forgiven. Yamaha builds excellent instruments, but their marketing messages are not as strong as they could be. If you know of Chris Buck, the brilliant Welsh guitar player, you will know that a Revstar is readily identifiable as one of his most played instruments. For 2022, Revstar is now available in three ranges, Element, Standard, and Professional. The bodies are all chambered, and Yamaha brings their deep scientific knowledge of acoustics. I mean, listen to their grand pianos. They're absolutely stunning. And they take that knowledge to deliver clear tones and lots of resonance in these guitars. I've said before that it's critical to audition electric guitars not plugged in, in a quiet room, because what you hear, or what you don't hear, is what you're going to get once you go to amplification. I first played a Yamaha electric back in the 70s. I think it was called the SG2000. It was an awesome guitar, certainly better built than any Gibson or Fender of the day. But it didn't have that super popular name on the headstock. Ego over what the instrument actually does is not a new issue. The Element line is built in Asia to keep the price point low, and the standard and professional models are built in Japan. I am fortunate to own, or have owned, a few Japan-made instruments, and they have all been awesome. My local dealer already has Element and Standard models in stock, and I hope to spend some time with them soon. The pickups are all Arnico 5-based, and are available as humbuckers or P90-style single coils. The Element models have a dry switch that engages a high-pass filter 
so you get brighter tones without the noise or the volume drop of traditional coil splits. The standard and professional models have a focus switch. This alters the signal to sound like an overwound pickup. I haven't played either and would need to do so to translate that into something that is perhaps easier to understand. I did notice that while most makers, their list price is pretty much the same as the sell price, the street price for RevStars is quite a bit less than the prices in the release notes. So don't be discouraged about looking at a RevStar because the list price looks really, really high. Adrian Thorpe of Thorpe FX has released, sort of, the Boneyard Fuzz. The idea behind the Boneyard is a single box designed to offer the tones to cover all of the different tone bender variants, but with less noise, more volume, and more flexibility. Although I don't know what flexibility means in this case. I do own a Thorpe FX Dane, and it is an excellent pedal. My limited experience is that Thorpe FX makes a very high quality, higher priced pedal in general. I really love their Chameleon Flanger. It's superb. All the pedals take on the same design aesthetic, and my only challenge with them has been that the bright chrome top makes it hard for me to read the labels by the controls, so I kind of have to memorize which control does what. I spend limited time on this because it's a limited release at 299 pounds, and Tharpy FX is already sold out with no plan to build any more. You may still find one at your dealer, so if this is of interest to you, shop now. The folks at Boss have released the GX100 Floor Modeler. I haven't seen one, but the release images look similar to a Helix or Address device. It's got a touchscreen, 200 user preset slots, with each preset slot capable of storing 15 effects blocks. It comes with 23 augmented impulse response dynamics amplifiers, also known as AIRD or AIRDS. You can load your own IRs and loop in external pedals to supplement the large built-in selection of pedal options. There is a USB connection that allows for IR loading, but it can also be configured to be your audio interface for recording purposes. The device lists for about 600 US dollars. From the great folks at Origin Systems come a pair of pedals designed for bassists. They are the Bass Rig Super Vintage and the Bass Rig 64 Black Panel. Each offers amplifier simulation, cabinet simulation, and XLR DI outputs. You don't have to use the amp sim if you don't wish to. The Super Vintage is built to represent an Ampeg SVT head with 8x10 cabinet, which coincidentally is my favorite base rig. The black panel is built to represent either of a Fender Showman 1964 or a 1964 Fender Baseman, with the cab sim for both being a 2x15 cabinet. The unit offers the selection of tweed or black panel voicings, as well as a bright or fat preamp mode. While I think that the pedals are designed primarily as amp alternatives, you know, that you could run directly into a PA or recording interface, you can certainly use either one on your bass pedal board into a different amp if you prefer. They require separate external 9-volt power, 
and the pedals list for about $490 US dollars. Finally, Fender has released the Squire 40th Anniversary Gold Edition Guitars and Basses. They are like the other 40th Anniversary Squires, except that they have gold anodized pickguards. If you like that sort of thing, this may be for you. The only thing that I find a bit odd is that the pricing of these overseas-built instruments is nearly equal to Fender-branded instruments made in Mexico. I've said before how excellent a value the Squire Classic Vibe instruments are, but a big part of that value is the lower cost of acquisition and the high quality. So in my opinion, bringing the price of the Squires up to match the Mexican-built instruments negates a lot of that value proposition. We've seen a lot of price increases from Fender, and we know more are coming in 2022. I'm hopeful that this isn't a trend. I've been Ross. Thanks for listening, and until next time, peace. If you have a topic that you'd like to hear covered, feel free to complete the message form or leave a comment on an existing podcast. (laughs) 